Hello, Hello everyone. everyone! Welcome to Plan Spontaneity. It's Sade and Isabella. And every week we'll be inviting you to join us as we discuss the adventures of life. So get cozy. Hello! Hello everybody! How are you all doing today? Welcome to another episode! Yay! You probably missed my yays. So you stayed I would... consistent with your yays. <laughs> I thought I would put that in there, uh, just in case you have missed it. You know, a bit of joy and excitement. Especially today, as we are talking about something that is so vulnerable, and at the same time, so incredible that we have this time now to explore what imposter syndrome is and to understand it a bit more. And perhaps you that are listening there, you identify that you have imposter syndrome and we hope this feels like a hug to you, like support yeah. as you listen to this. Um, if you don't know anything about it, then great, because you're going to find out lots as we talk about it. Isn't it, Shadi? Oh, yes. Get cozy and get comfortable. Woo! <laughs> So we have found some fun facts for you about imposter syndrome. So there's a Wikipedia definition and it says imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments or talents and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And we found another article um, published in the International Journal of Behavioural Science, which says... Sounds very serious. (laughs) It does sound very official. (laughs) Um, It says 70% of people experience this imposter feeling and at some point in their lives... Oh, and at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I can't read my handwriting. I didn't realise that was a full stop. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, and while we were doing our research, we saw that it actually affects a lot of people. So not just um, women, like it was originally identified by two psychologists. Um, yeah, they, they initially thought that it was something that affected only women. But now, I think because more men have come out and shared their own experience, they've actually yeah. sort of retracted that. And now it turns out that not just women, men. And it's not just creative people, it's people in corporate jobs, in any type of jobs, because I think a psychologist said that um, it's, it's, it affects anyone mm-hmm. who isn't able to internalise and own their success. So those are the people who can get imposter syndrome. So yeah, those are the, the things that we found so far. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. And um. It seems like from our research and the stuff that we read about it, that it was something that it was believed just to affect the minority. Mm. So if you're if you're a woman and you were in a job that most men were doing, then you would they they believe that would trigger that. Which makes sense. Um, and being a creative, I guess, as well, yeah. because it's, it is a very brave thing to do because mm. not many people are being creative yeah. or letting that creativity flow and using that as their main source of income. Yeah. So that's why I think they they thought it would affect more people that were more minority, and then yeah. as more people, as Shadis had started to talk about it, they realize, oh no, it's everyone. It's just that we are talking about it because it really influences us. So an even clearer definition is it can be defined as the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not from your talent, hard work or qualification. Mm, Yeah, for me, it sounds like a simple definition or the way that would describe it in my own words is is someone who is really actually... um, clever mm. and creative and has lots of amazing skills 
but then self-doubt comes and they're like oh you know this person is saying that this is too good oh well yeah. this person say oh this is really good someone else comes and says that their work is really good and then self-doubt starts to tell them oh maybe maybe it's not really good you yeah. know maybe you're a fraud maybe yeah. they're gonna find out that you're actually not that clever yeah. you're actually not that good that talented in this and this stuff um for me that's that's what imposter syndrome um sounds like and yeah how i would define out of the definitions that we've looked at and yeah how how would you guys define imposter syndrome how would you explain that to someone else um and if you if you don't know what did you get out of what we just shared yeah For me, my personal experience with um, imposter syndrome, I think really came out um, during the lockdown when I started writing my book. Um, I think everyone always has like their own sort of self-critic, doubt, fear, whatever you might call it, self-doubt. Um, but I think for me, during the lockdown, I came face to face with it because that's when I started writing my book. And I remember having my so like in the critic asking like these questions like who do you think you are you really think you can write a book and then um and just thinking and also feeling like it was asking not only that not only do you think you can write a book do you really think you can have a write a book that is worthy of people reading it and just feeling like it was like almost like a mocking mm. and like I don't know almost like tormenting fear or voice yeah and just feeling like actually that's true like I don't know and yeah it was almost that that thing of just feeling like let me stop saying like it almost like <laughs> <laughs> don't just, worry let it go <laughs> just let it go yeah it just, it's tough when you're being vulnerable isn't it and so, sharing something yeah. that you don't know how people are gonna react so yeah. guys value that yeah <laughs> And I don't like being vulnerable. Um, yeah, it's just I just remember just that whole feeling of feeling like I am doing something that's a pipe dream or that I'm not good enough or no matter how many people told me that this particular poem was great, me thinking, oh, that's good, but, you know, I'm not like so-and-so and it's almost you compare yourself or you think that maybe if they read somebody else's work then they'll realize that actually your work isn't great or maybe um and also just all that feeling of thinking that actually lockdown it's unfair that i'm writing a book during lockdown because this is space that some people don't normally get to write a book and now i'm writing a book and um who do i think i am and all that type of thing um yeah and once again i said like it feeling like a pipe dream which i still feel exists and I think any time you go into anything that's creative, remotely creative, mm. it does kind of feel like a pipe dream because you've been brought up to, you know, the sort of classic to be a lawyer, wish. to be a doctor. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Lawyer, doctor, engineer, anything that I don't know. Yeah, just any. If you say oh, I'm going to be a chef, maybe an artist, a dancer, you get your parents going, oh, but how are you going to make that money? <laughs> so yeah. So I think for me, it was that case of feeling like it's a pipe dream and I, and I think sometimes and there's no fault of anyone but sometimes loved ones will ask me oh are you looking for a job or when are you going to go back to because I was doing my um, MA in art psychotherapy and people asking me when am I going back to that 
and inside I will be thinking they're asking that because they don't think you're good enough to be a writer and they're telling you to go back to doing something that's actually more tangible and more realistic and maybe I should listen to them because yeah so it's 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 kind of like a crippling thought that enters your mind where it does look it does it is self-doubt and fear but it's this it's almost like a different layer yeah. of yeah just it sounds like, more intense than yeah self-doubt to me. yeah um it's it's really interesting i just love listening to what shadi was just saying now what you were saying shadi um because even though i i do struggle with self-doubt and the inner critic i'm a type one enneagram type one if you've listened to our episode about enneagram <laughs> you would know that and enneagrams type one so type ones are very self-critical mm. and perfectionists and um that can sometimes come across as as imposter syndrome or wonder you know because you're you're not sure what you're doing and you're fearing people's criticism or judgment on what you're doing you want things to be done well and you don't really you know it's all of that cycle of thought um that sometimes type ones have and i i do have that but as i was looking at the description as we were just talking about and i was listening to you shad i realized that as you said it's almost like it's another layer it's another level um and that it affects you um with with everything that you do um and perhaps because you you have you have this talent which is so amazing you know not everyone has that talent and that's why it's called a talent because it's something that uh people don't have and it's unique um but because of that it almost like it adds even more of um self doubt because you look around and no one is doing what you're doing um and maybe for other people they look around people that um have imposter syndrome and do jobs that lots of other people are doing and they compare themselves with those yeah. people all the time uh, but i think your experience is very um just just different and it's just so interesting to to listen to because you look around and there's no one doing what you're doing so there's almost it sounds to me that there's, there's more space to self to self doubt because of that because you don't have anyone to compare to it's just you doing something brave and going for it um And I think for me, uh I can see some of the characteristics of the imposter syndrome that relate to me, but at the same time I know I I don't have it because again, it's, it sounds like it's another um layer, another level of of all of that. I do struggle with perfectionism and it sounds like imposter syndrome and perfectionism go hand in hand. Mm. So they they are almost together. They you know, some of the characteristics of perfectionism are also imposter syndrome, but they're two completely different um issues that people go through um but for me it's just so enlightening honestly to listen to you talk I, sometimes i think we go through life assuming that everyone thinks like us yeah. and it's so easy to do that because if you don't talk to other people uh, that's what you assume yeah. that yeah. everyone is like you they think like you they're not they're going through the same struggles as you but as you talk to other people you get to know that sometimes for someone to do one thing that for you was oh yeah okay for them it was actually really hard and you know that there was a lot to it that you just couldn't see um so for me it's just really interesting hearing you talk about it and i can identify some of the stuff they are having in common um yeah. and yeah it's just it's just really good to know yeah. your perspective how you you live life and your struggles with the book and everything and yeah. um i wonder if people that are listening if they if they know someone 
that they can identify perhaps as imposter syndrome uh, because they talk to them and they, they've been through th this conversation that we are having now. But I also wonder so many people that don't know that their friends and their loved ones have imposter syndrome because it's so hard, isn't it, to break the silence with any, any issue that we might have. Um, it's so hard to talk to people, so hard to get vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just hope people that are listening that they find this as an encouragement to talk to their loved ones and friends and and see what's what's going on um ask them you know make sure they praise them when they do things well and that's definitely something that i'm taking out of this and yeah it's just i just can't help but think so interesting so interesting so because um imposter syndrome it's not something that i've experienced myself i did a little bit of research and i found a book from Valerie Young, and the book is The Secret Thoughts to Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. And from her book, she describes five types of people that suffer with imposter syndrome. And I thought it was really interesting because it's like, oh, do I have this or not? <laughs> and then I thought, I'm just going to look for everything and see if I fit in any of the types. So, you know, just trying to understand a bit more as well. So the first type which almost convinced me because... <laughs> <laughs> got your name on it. <laughs> yeah, because it says the perfectionist. Um, so people that suffer with imposter syndrome and are classified according to Valerie Young as the perfectionist, these are people for this type. Success is rarely satisfying because they believe they could have done even better. So, yeah, so perfectionism really affects them and that's how the imposter syndrome is expressed as well. The other one is called the superwoman or the superman. And for these people, because they they have imposter syndrome, they are convinced that they are frauds amongst, amongst real, real deal people, you know, the ones that really know what they're doing. So they often push themselves to work harder and harder and harder and harder to measure up. So they're basically the ones that can be called workaholics. So they are trying um, to find a validation for for, for their life and feeling like they are successful from not the work in itself but just from working harder and harder mm. so it doesn't really matter much what they're doing they just want to do more and more um, to measure up to the to the other people now the third type is called the natural genius and this one's quite easy to to guess isn't it uh, it's someone that they don't they they think they they are clever well if the, the deal is they don't think they are clever and they have the self-doubt comes all the time um but they judge their competence based on ease and speed as opposed to their efforts um, so they're always trying to prove that they are naturally clever naturally intelligent um and yeah it, this one sounds really interesting i think because yeah they can you imagine if you don't know what what something is then the self-doubt just comes again and tells you see you're not as clever as you think you are yeah. you shouldn't be doing this that's a really hard yeah. one i think because it's really hard to be good at, at everything. everything yeah um, and i think it's that if they if they take longer at understanding something or achieving something then they feel shame which is oh my goodness yeah yeah, yeah. it sounds, it, it sounds like hard work really yeah. um the fourth type is called the soloist and these ones are people that they don't want they, they don't want to ask for help. They want to do it all on their own. 
um, because they're afraid if they ask for help, people found out that they actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's also an interesting one. And the fifth one and the last one of the types is called the expert. And for the expert, they just feel like they never know enough. They always need to do more training. They need to learn more because they just don't know enough. And this is one of the um, of Valerie Young's description as well of these types. And I thought I found, I found this one really, really interesting because I can see myself in some of these types. Yeah, same. But at the same time, I know it's, it feels very different. To me. It's yeah. just one aspect of the type, but not... Uh, the aspect that is actually related to imposter syndrome is not it's not related to fear it's just wanting to be better i think mine is more to do with approval rather than um if people find out i don't i don't really know yeah. which plays up different um so yeah but you know i did all of that and then i was like nope i can't tell from this one if i have imposter syndrome or not and i really want to find out so then i found a quiz that has seven that has eight questions so we can do this all together. Yeah. Fun. So I'll read the questions and then I'll give my answer. Yeah. And Chada can give her answer. It's basically yes or no. Yeah. So you might want to get a pen and a paper. <laughs> or, or just say mentally. Out loud. Yeah. Say it out loud to yes. us. No. <laughs> do it like as you're like washing your dishes or going to work. Don't do it in the train, actually. <laughs> that might be just strange. Oh, please do. <laughs> Video it and tag us so we can watch. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, answer yes if you have ever experienced the symptom and answer no if you have never experienced that symptom before. So first one, do you secretly worry that others will find out that you are not as bright and capable as they think you are? Yes. Me, it's yes. <laughs> so. My answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you sometimes shy away from challenges because of nagging self-doubt? Yeah. No. I don't want to say that so. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> Finally, somebody applies to me, Isabella. <laughs> oh my goodness. Question number three Do you tend to shock up your accomplishments up to being no big deal or the fact that people just like you? You know, inverted commas. They just like you. You didn't really do that. Um, would you say yes or no to this one, Shadi? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. Sorry, I just saw the no big deal part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I dismiss it. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. You could do it. You could do it as well. Me doing it is no big deal. Yeah. For me, this one is interesting because I would probably say that to people, but internally, and I'm not thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're true. <laughs> so so you're like, oh, no, act- it's all right. So it's you're okay. Being, you're being an actual fraud. <laughs> And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I worked really hard for this one. Uh, <laughs> yes, it thanks, is a big deal. I'm glad it you recognised. Well, it's true. I think it's just the culture, isn't it? You don't, you don't, um, it's hard to accept praise sometimes. So, yeah. Especially for women. We find it harder to, uh, inverted comma, brag. Whereas yeah. men are more likely to brag, hey, I did this and that. Yeah, that's, that's my man true. voice. I did this. Here's my accomplishments. I guess it depends who is saying well done or yes. thank you or you did yeah. this well. Um, because sometimes I'll say, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Or, you know, thank oh, you. Oh, just a smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw it was actually really hard, but I'm so glad I made it. You know, I always yeah. add that comment. But anyway, question number four. Do you hate making a mistake, being less than fully prepared or not doing things perfectly? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, for me as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I struggle with perfectionism, so that's that's just my life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hate making mistakes. Uh, so, so so far we have four questions. Shade answered was it three how many? out of four. Was three it four out of four? Because I feel like there was one I said no, and I think I changed it. Okay. Remember Shade from. Mine was two out of four. No, I think I think mine's four out of okay. four. Okay. <laughs> just I'm just saying this so we keep the count. <laughs> uh, question number five. Do you tend to feel crushed by even constructive criticism, seeing it as an evidence of your ineptness? Is that how you say it? This is a new yeah. word for me. <laughs> um yeah, I think so. Hmm. For for me it's a no. I haven't, I haven't experienced that. Yeah, because I think for me, yeah, because I want to be perfect. That sounds like I'm a perfectionist, which I'm not. <laughs> maybe you're yeah. the type so perfectionist. Maybe that is the part, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Okay, question number six. When do you succeed? Do you think, phew, oh, I fooled them this time. I may not be so lucky next time. Oh, no. Hmm. No, no for me. No. Oh, so, okay. well, yes, I finally answered no. Good. <laughs> I thought you were giving a yes. I thought you changed your mind. I was like, oh, maybe. No, no, okay. No. It's um, still a no. Question number seven. Do you believe that other people, other students, colleagues, comp- competitors, or anything like that, are smarter, more capable than you? So do you believe that other yeah. people? Um, no, for me. You think you're smarter? No, I think I'm... Um, uh, it's not that I think I'm, I'm smart, I just think I'm as smart as them. Oh, as smart, yeah. But this one, but this, a... this question is, do you do you believe that other people oh, are smarter, smarter and more capable It depends on the you. person. Some people know. <laughs> <laughs> Some people know. Other people, yeah. So yeah. it depends, really. Yeah, but yeah. maybe people in your in your area, like in, your, in the field of your work. Oh, no, they? actually, no, sorry. Um. I've tra- it was a yes that I've changed into a no. <laughs> Uh, question number eight, the last question. Do you live in fear of being found out, discovered? Um, yeah, because I think this related to how the imposter syndrome is feeling like mm-hmm. maybe you are a fraud mm-hmm. and then people find out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me, for me, it's a no. So out of eight of these questions, and maybe you maybe you can send a message to us on Instagram, actually, because I'm curious yeah. to know about you, if you feel brave enough to be that vulnerable with us. But we hope you are. Um, so for me, it was three out of eight, I think. Mine was either six out of eight or seven out of eight. Either way, a lot of yeses. Yeah, but that's that's, that's good because it helps people, isn't it, finding out. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I wish you could see Shabby's face right now. Something that has really helped or a few things that have really helped is I have learned to quiet it down. So quiet down the voice um, by reminding myself it's important to try. Um, Feeling like I have nothing to lose because really, what do we have to lose? No matter how much um, we have sacrificed, it'll be worth it. Even if it feels like it didn't, like we didn't succeed in the traditional sense. So for me, sometimes... I think, what if I'm not, like, the best-selling author or, like, poet-writer, like, if I really shoot for the stars? What if I can't make this my full-time forever job? Um, I think that doesn't matter. Even if I do, mm. or not, if I will publish a book, 
even if it means that just one person has bought, bought it, that still doesn't matter. That's still successful. That's still success. So I think it's me learning how to um, change my thought pattern. Uh, yeah. And it also helps, um, it, well, it helps me to remember that life is short. Um, just knowing that for me, being a writer is who I believe God has made me to be. Um, so anything else would be life less bright. And I think once mm-hmm. I actually realised that, I think, I, think, I think that's the reason why sometimes when people ask me, what am I going to do or have I been applying for work? I mean, I've got a part-time job, but even when people ask me if I'm going back to my master's, I think it's almost that thing where once you get to a situation where you know what you were created for, anything else is less of a life. Yeah. And there's something about that knowledge that is affirming, but at the same time, flipping I'm saying flipping because I don't want to swear flipping (laughs) scary because it's so scary because it means that I'm now doing my plan a I'm now doing the old like this is what like if I'm on my deathbed I'm so dramatic if I'm on my deathbed I want to look back and think that I was a writer that is my Mm -hmm. thing and because I'm pursuing that it means that if let's say I'm not able to make it as a writer whatever that means Anything else I do, my plan B, my plan C will always be plan B, plan C. And I'm sure I'll be happy, but it's still not the same. Yeah, so you something will know about it's that, not what you really wanted yeah, to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's quite scary. But there is something about that that pushes me. So sometimes when I do mm. have that feeling of why are you be why are you deceiving yourself thinking you can write? Your work isn't great. People are going to realise once they read your book that this is rubbish and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's that thing of, even if that is the case, this is what I'm meant to do. So it's almost like that feeling of, I now have, I don't know, approval from God Mm -hmm. or from myself and from just, yeah. So I think, um, when that, when I put that into perspective, it really helps me. Also, I think it's ignoring, the third thing that helps is ignoring, the idea that I have to get it right, that I have to do it perfectly, yeah. um, to allow myself to make mistakes and not to compare. I think not comparing is al- always great. Um, yeah. And also, I think it's, I sometimes have this idea that there's like this tap of blessing that God has left out a little bit too long and he will wake up, one well, wake up like he's sleeping, but he'll, <laughs> he'll like realise, suddenly realise that, oh my goodness, I've left that tap on and I need to turn it off. And I was thinking that yesterday or the day before. And I remember thinking, oh, what if he's left on the tap and he needs to turn it off and he'll soon turn it off. And me just thinking about this, having this vision of, or not vision, like just this idea of mm. um, a dad or let's say you love someone and you gave them more than you had intended to. I think once you realise that, you probably would turn around and go, actually... Look at the joy in your face. Let me give you more. Mm. Let me give you, let me double the amount I gave you. And just feeling like, actually, I think that if God has left the tap on too long, that he will just turn it up to the max, to the point where I'm drenched and covered and swimming in this like (laughs) um, abundant amount of blessing. So I think sometimes um, realize, or just thinking about that helps me to just stay and just, keep doing so I'm learning how to just keep doing regardless of the amount of fear I have to just keep doing so it's almost like that action 
over your feelings because yeah. feelings are fleeting they're not something to solely rely on so it's my it's like okay my action I have to do even mm. though I've got this fear I have to do even though I don't want to because I'm a fraud I have to do um regardless of if, whether or how insecure I, insecure I am so yeah I think that for me that helps yeah yeah, yeah. and what you said about the tap you know leaving the tap on I think um Maybe another perspective could even be that what what if you left the tap on it, you know, intentionally? Yeah. Because you wanted to. Yeah. Because there's also possibilities yeah, in it. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's really yeah, really amazing hearing you talk about it. Um again I I did some more research on this and thinking, <laughs> you know, how can I how can I help Chad Day and how can I help other people yeah. that have gone through that? And what can I learn from this yeah. for, for my own life and my experience as well? And I think some of the stuff that um, I read about had to do with breaking the silence. Mm. So actually getting vulnerable and sharing it with other people. And I think that's what we're doing here in this episode is, is really valuable because we are breaking the silence for, for you, Shadi, for mm. me and for everyone that's listening to this episode now. Um, they will know that other people go through the same and they realize, oh, maybe I'm not alone on this. Maybe other people go through that yeah. and find encouragement in that. Um, something that you mentioned as well, separating the feelings from fact, as yeah. you said. Um, recognize when you should feel fraudulent. So if you are one of the first or a few women or a minority in your field or workplace, it's natural for you to feel like maybe you're not that good enough because no one has done that and, yeah. and it's different, it's new. Yeah. Um, and it's normal. It's a normal response yeah. um, to being an outsider, feeling like, yeah, it might be that you don't know enough, but yeah. you, you're the first one, you're pioneering something. Um, accentuate the positive. So, and I, I think this one, I relate to that because when you have perfectionism and all of that, it's so easy for you just to see the negative, yeah. just to see what you haven't done, what you could have done better. And actually, it's so important to look back and see, oh, look at all these things that I actually did really well yeah. and making sure we mention those things as well when we bring those things to mind instead of just the, the negative and a few some of this as well relates to anxiety mm. how you control your your partner thought and how you change the way you think um develop a new response to failure and mistake making and i yeah. think that's what you described as well what yeah. if i do yeah what is that if i fail at this it's okay yeah. because i'll have done i'll have yeah. tried and i think that's that's great um write the rules so yeah. this one that i read and i was like what i think this person is spelled it but it's right like in being right and the rules um if you have english as a second language i know this is confusing <laughs> but if you if english is your first language then very good for you <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah just changing the part of the thought for I should always know the answer and never ask for help yeah. um, and changing that the way that you talk to yourself. Yeah. To, it's okay, I ask for help when I need. Yeah. Um, I may not always know the answer, but I'll, I'll do my best instead of just going for the, for the negatives. And I like what it says. It says, recognize that you have just as much right as the next person to be wrong, have an off day or ask for assistance. I think that's lovely. Yeah, it's so nice. lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's so reassuring, isn't it? Yeah. That you don't need to go through this on your own mm-hmm. and realize that people, yeah, are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can learn from that. If other people need help, it might mean that you also might need help, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, develop a new script. So if your script, automatic script in your mind, um, is giving you those thoughts of of the imposter syndrome, is is what you said. Separating again as well, yeah. fact from feeling. 
Uh, visualize success, which is what you said, Shade. What is success for me? Is it really lots of people reading my book? Or is me doing something they're reading Jordan, one person both. really enjoying it? <laughs> both. Yeah, if you can have both. Um, but, you know, I think that's, that's a good one. So writing down what is what your goal is. Um, so then it's easier to go through that. Uh, reward yourself. Nice. Uh, so break the cycle of continually dismissing the good things that you do. Yeah. But to think about it as well, which again is thinking about the positives. Now this one it says, fake it till you make it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think lots of people said, oh, this is not very good. This is from Valerie Young, mm -hmm. her book. And people said, oh, maybe we shouldn't say fake till you make it because that's not very helpful if you have imposter syndrome because you're faking it. But I think it just means that um, you go even with fear. I'm a writer. And yeah, you just, you keep just go for yeah. it. You just go for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought, I thought these were things that were really helpful for people that go through imposter syndrome that Valerie Young has written, but also for anyone who's listening to this and might have struggled with or is struggling with self-doubt at the moment. Before we go, just thought we would, I think some things that help me, and just in case I help anyone, is, you know, um, like writing down goals. I think that's always nice. So if you write down your goals, um, if you do it anyway, even with the feeling of being a fraud or feeling like you're not good enough, and even if you don't have imposter syndrome, but you have fear or uh, insecurity or you feel like you want a promotion or you want a new job or whatever it might be, but you feel like you're not good enough or you don't have this experience and whatever it might be, I would encourage you to do it anyway. Um, mm -hmm. You haven't got anything to lose. Um, Go in, and I know that typically, I say typically, not all women, but I know typically when it comes to promotion, we find it slightly harder to ask for promotions or to ask for a race. Um, I would say I've never been in that position where I've um, asked for one, but I would say just do it anyway or whatever it, it might be. Whatever your do it anyway is, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, learn to switch off that voice. It won't serve you. Um, and then the last one is celebrate, just celebrate. Every time you do the thing that scares you, celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. This is really good, Chad, because I was thinking, um, so many people come to me and say, wow, you came to the UK when you were 15 and now you're living here, you know, with all your family and wow, that's, that's so amazing. You're so brave. And then every time they say you're so brave inside of me, I'm like, I'm not brave. <laughs> There's nothing of courage in me. It's nothing to do with being brave or courageous. I had, and I normally tell them, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. But um, for all these things that I've done and I'm doing now, it's still very scary. Yeah. But I decided to go with fear. Yeah. I decided not to let fear hold me back from the things I really want to do and mm. for the things I'm passionate about. But take fear with me and go for this next adventure because fear is a natural um, human feeling. So yeah. we'll, we'll be afraid. It's, if something's new, then we have reasons, a valid Completely. feeling. Um, but go with it. Do it anyway, as you said. So I really like that. And I definitely use that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, some of my final thoughts and everything that we said, it's just, you know, just realizing that we can be kinder to ourselves. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about being kind to other people. And yeah. I think there's, of course, you know, it's obvious that there's value in that, in being yeah. kind to other people. But we don't talk as much about being kind to ourselves. So true. And um, how, I always think how I would talk to you, 
Shadi mm-hmm. and say, yeah, no, you keep going, you're doing well. Uh, it's how I should talk to myself yes. when I struggle. Yes. You keep going, you're doing well. You've done this in the past, you can do that. And sometimes we, we do that a lot for other people because it's easier, isn't it? But when it's to do with ourselves, we, we find it hard. So I think my overall conclusion of this episode and our conversation here is being kinder to us. And when we are kinder to us, it's easier to be kind to other people yeah. because you might, yeah, you just assume that they might be going through something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're trying to be kinder to them. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Shadi, for being so vulnerable. Thank I you know for it listening. Takes, it takes a lot, isn't it, to uh, expose things that you don't normally talk about or things right. that just in you know internalized mm. uh but it's also so powerful when you do that uh, it brings healing to us here talking uh and it brings healing to everyone that's listening hi everyone <laughs> <laughs> uh and that's it we hope you have enjoyed this episode uh, and yeah, let us know what you thought about it all yeah. on our Instagram. We have a special gift for you <laughs> on our Instagram. So oh, if you yes. don't know what it is, go check it out. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, enjoy your week or day. Bye. <laughs>